now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host every week, bringing you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improving ideas for your home, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellez, insurance advisor with Westland Insurance, operating as Island Savings Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Shoreline Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. And I can help you too. I've been selling real estate here in Gray, Victoria for over 28 years. I'm a born and raised Victorian. I've never left here. I love our town. I'm a huge community supporter. And in my time, I've helped hundreds of people with their real estate purchase, purchases or sales, and I'd be happy to help you too. You can find me and the rest of our whole Home Show team members. Our contact information is on our page on the CFAX website. So go to cfax1070.com, look under Shows. There you'll find us, the whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. Uh, all of our details are there. Or you can always visit my own real estate page. It's the Prime Real Estate Team, primeteam.ca. We've been serving Greater Victoria for a long time. The City of Victoria has an amazing police force. And my guest today is none other than Chief Del Manick. We'll be having a chat about what makes Victoria different and how they keep our citizens safe. We always do start with our weekly listener question. And if you have a question or a story to tell us about real estate, we'd love to hear from you. Our number is 250-414-6540. Again, that's 250-414-6540 or find us online, cfax1070.com, or fire me off an email. I would love to chat with you and discuss it on the air. From Alana this week, I uh, just need to read her message. We, we need to sell before we, I'm sorry, we need to sell before we buy and get the sense that things are picking up, but we're worried about not being able to find something to buy. Is there a way to time the market to make sure everything goes through okay. We know offers subject to the sale of our house aren't attractive to sellers. Yes, um, the market is picking up. There's no question. We have seen, again, multiple offers, bidding wars. Uh, we're seeing a lot of activity happening out there. There's low inventory still. There's high demand. Uh, so, Alana, it means that you probably won't have a problem selling your property, but you're stuck into that quandary that a lot of people are, and that is, what if you sell your house and you can't find something to buy? You know, in the old days, of course, you'd have your plan B where you would uh, rent a property or live in mom and dad's basement or something uh, in the meantime. Of course, our vacancy rate is really low right now. It's hard to find any place to rent. It is extra hard if you have kids or pets, and especially finding short-term accommodation is not easy. So it is a risky proposition. I guess the question that I have to ask you, Atlanta, is what kind of property are you looking for? Because... If your next home is something that is somewhat readily available, by that I mean, are there houses in that segment, in that neighborhood, generally on the marketplace? Or are you looking for 
the unicorn? Are you looking for that very unique house? Because if it's a unique house that only pops up maybe once or twice every year, that's a very different story. If it is something that is common, you know, your bungalow in Saanich, for instance, uh, hundreds of these come up on an annual basis. If it is something that is uh, readily found or often found, your risk level is actually a little bit lower. Because, you know, when you think about it, you don't actually want your next house to be on the market right now anyways because you can't do anything about it. You said that you've got to sell your house first. If your dream house was to pop up, the best you could do is to try to make it subject to the sale of your home, which you've already identified is not ideal. Sellers know that the market is stronger right now. All they got to do is sit and wait, and then chances are the right buyer is around the corner who either doesn't have a house to sell or is financially capable to pull it off. So you don't want your dream house to be in the marketplace. It is just amazing. And it's, it's hard for us as real estate professionals, hard for me to impart this on people. But it is amazing how things often do work out. Uh, as listeners, you guys know, I've been at this for 29 years. I've had my hand in somewhere around 2,500 transactions. I've helped a lot of people over the years. Uh, it is amazing where... Uh, you know, your your concern, Alana, is not unique because I've heard this like hundreds of times. And it's amazing how how often people put their house on the market, sell it, and then amazingly that ideal house for them comes up uh, just at the right time and they're able to move. The success stories out there, they, they number in the hundreds. And again, it's hard for me to impart this on you to be able to uh, prove it or demonstrate it, aside from the fact that I can tell you that we've had very few people that have been homeless. Uh, recently, we've had a case of somebody who lived in their um, in their uh, fifth wheel for a while, but it's only because they had to sell their house in order to have the money to build on their lot. So there's that. We also have people that did grown adults, by the way, with grown kids live in mom and dad's basement uh, for a short amount of time. But those stories are rare. They tend to work out, but again, it really is dependent on the kind of property you're, you're looking for. Is it common out there? Um, you know, subject to the sale of your house, it is a tool that exists out there. It's called a time clause. And basically what it is, is it's a right of first refusal because let's not forget that even if a seller is willing to talk with you about subject to the sale of your home, uh, a few things happen. First of all, you're going to have to pay for that luxury. They're not going to negotiate price for this because what ends up happening is it has the effect of taking their house off the market for a while. See, they're still trying to sell it because you're not fully committed, so they're going to try to find somebody else, right? They also acknowledge the fact that if other realtors know that they have your offer in place, they may not want to, um, the other realtors might not want to show the house because there's a chance that you might be able to pull off a sale. There's nothing worse than bringing a backup offer in to a listing, calling somebody's time clause like you're subject to the sale of offer, and then having at the last minute uh, that first buyer be able to pull it off. That's hard. It's hard for a buyer knowing that they were so close they could have had that house. They would rather not take that risk, which is another reason why uh, subject to the sale of a home is not ideal. Now, the other thing, too, is if you get that subject to sale offer uh, accepted, then you always 
run the chance of somebody else coming in and snatching your dream home from you. Because all somebody needs to do is come in behind you without hindrance of having to sell their home, uh, and they can bump you out in a, ma- in a matter of hours. And that, too, is tough. So, um, again, it all seems to work out in the wash. If you're looking for that common home, Alana, you know what's going to come up. Your agent has probably showed you some examples of those houses that have come up and sold uh, in, the, in the recent past. So um, have faith. you got to have faith. Uh, and, you know, uh, in a stronger marketplace, you will do better. In, in terms of selling your home. And it will be easier too because there's nothing worse than being on the market for months and months and months having showings, especially if there's kids involved. It's not an e- easy process. This is going to be easier here in a busy market. Thanks for messaging, uh, Alana. And for everyone else, if you have a question or a story to tell us about real estate, give us a call. 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or find us online cfax1070.com. And if you're a podcast listener, you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. Uh, Yeah, the market is picking up. What is happening out there? You know, it's Victoria. Victoria is a busy marketplace. We're going to be speaking with the chief of police, Adele Manick, in just a couple minutes here. But he's going to tell you, you know, we have more people moving into the region here. Uh, All the people that he gets to talk to who are visitors of Greater Victoria and all the great things they have to say here. Uh, I've said many times before, we are victims of our own success. People know about how great a town Victoria is. They all want to move here. And that's the reason why real estate here is very strong. Sometimes you got to fight for it. Uh, sadly. That's, by the way, one of the reasons why we are here, the real estate professionals, is to walk you through this very complicated process. Because uh, it's not like just going to a store and picking something off a shelf. It requires a great deal of professional intervention. And we're here for you all the way. We need to take a quick break here. But when we come back, we're going to have with us the chief of Victoria Police, Del Manick. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're thrilled to have with us today in the studio the Chief Constable of the Victoria Police Department, Del Manak. Uh, Chief Del, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me on, Tony. Yeah, so your background, you are a born Victorian. Yeah, uh, Born and raised here in Victoria and quite proud of it. Uh, yeah. Love the city and uh, I've got obviously lots and lots of uh, memories and lots of people that I know for many, many years. And and it's quite an honor to uh, ra- rise up through the ranks here at Victoria in the, within the police department and have the uh, privilege of being the chief constable. So this is a rarity because it was like 26 years since there was a... Um uh, a, a local. It seems like our our, our, our heads of uh, Victoria Police have all come from somewhere else, but you are a local. Yeah, it's uh, when I first started here, I, I had four years within Vancouver. I had to leave to actually get hired into policing. They were hiring <laughs> so few police officers at the time. Yeah. And when I ended up coming back here in 1993, the, the chief was uh, Doug Richardson, and he was an internal chief that had come up through the ranks. And, and since then, um, there's been a number of other chiefs that have come from outside agencies. And that's been you know at the um at the privilege of the police board of the time and yeah. and those are decisions that they made but uh but i can tell you that to come up through the ranks being born and raised here uh, in victoria played my minor hockey uh at a, at a squamalt archie browning yeah. uh, and again again it's uh, such a privilege to be the chief of a, of a city where i've actually grown up and i know so many people 
Yeah, you are, because uh, uh, you and I went to Mount Doug, so we're Mount Doug grads. You went to Central, too, and uh, where was your elementary? I, I went to George A. George A., okay, yeah, so you're, yeah. This is, that's your realm. That's yeah. where you're, you're working. Yeah, and, and I would have actually gone uh, from George J. to Central. I would have gone to Vic High yeah. uh, because we actually lived right at Balmoral and Camosun, which was a block away, but yeah. my mom and dad uh, ended up, uh, Gordon Head was just starting to get developed, yeah. um, and uh, and that's where my parents ended up moving, which which is why I ended up going to Mount Doug because we're out in Gordon Head for my grade 11 grade 12 year. Yeah. Well, how fortunate uh, we are to have somebody uh, who is familiar with uh, Victoria. Uh, and again, you, you spent a number of years on the Victoria uh, force. How was Vancouver, by the way? You were there for four years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Four years, just under four years. Uh, I, I loved it. Uh, I mean, I learned so much because, uh, I mean, the amount of crime, violent crime, uh, home invasions, uh, really, really uh, taught me uh, a lot of great police work in such a short period of time because I was exposed to um, to to a lot of kind of organized crime, uh, s- systemic crime, property crime, violent crime, and so it actually allowed me to really develop um, a career where I was exposed to so much stuff early on that I actually got very, very good at it. And then bringing those experiences to Victoria, um, which has its own challenges, yeah. uh, but it's, you know, it's a safe city. And uh, it really uh, helps me, even now as a chief, to have a perspective where I've actually worked in two different police agencies. For sure. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because, you know, one of the things, of course, so many people move to Victoria from other places. Right. That's, you know, you talk to any, uh, you and I are some of the rare ones who were, you know, born and raised here. Uh, most everyone comes from another place. Uh, one of the questions that comes up when people are thinking of moving here is how safe is Victoria? Right. Yeah. So th- that's an easy one to answer. Uh, Victoria is a, a safe community, I can tell you. Uh, but just like any community in any city, uh, it's growing. And there are challenges and there are certain areas where uh, there are criminals that are carrying on with their, um, with their uh, criminal enterprises and whatnot. Uh, but I can, I can tell you that the, the communities are safe, the streets are safe. I mean, uh, I've got teenage kids and, and they're downtown on weekends. I come down uh, on, a, on a regular basis and it really is a vibrant city. And, uh, and I really love where the city has grown because the, the, there's been so much growth. And you just look at the densification, even just even in the downtown core yeah. with what's happening in the city. And I think um, you've got more grocery stores moving into the city. Uh, you've got more people that want walkability and they, and they want transportation uh, other than a vehicle where, where they're using alternate modes of transportation. And I, and I look at kind of maybe perhaps where the West End was in Vancouver. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and you look at where that originally started, where people were out walking and, and cycling and enjoying uh, what the city brings. And I think that Victoria's got that kind of feel and it might be at the early stages of perhaps what Vancouver was, you know, 30, 40 years well, ago. I'm glad you, you bring that up because, you know, all we got to do is look back uh, maybe 10 or 15 years ago and you look at the downtown core and all of a sudden the city has all these uh, high rises that we didn't have before. And we have hundreds more residents that actually live in town. So that means the grocery stores, that means all the amenities that people expect. Um, but that also brings with it some challenges, I guess, as well, too. Well, it, it, it does. But I think it's all part and parcel of uh, Victoria not being what the traditional, uh, you know, image is of Victoria, that it's Sleepy Hollow Victoria, that it's, you know, the newlyweds and the nearly deaths. Yes. And, you know, you, you'd yeah. hear these comments about Victoria. Yeah. But but I can, you know, in it, because I'm born and raised here, I've seen the transformation of where the city has come and where it's going. I, I think it's exciting. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I, th- I think about I think about where the police headquarters is now, uh, and um, of course the old days of the JC Fair in the curling uh, parking lot before. Uh, you know, there's lots of stories of of uh, um, you know uh, memories of us local Victorians. And it was a quaint little town, but it's grown. It has. It has. I remember the JC Fair. Yeah. I used to go there as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I remember going down uh, to the uh, Swiftshire yeah. uh, during Swiftshire weekend and, and watching the, the sailboats. And, you know, and there was lots of different festivals and activities, and there continues to be. And, and that's one of the things I like about Victoria and Esquimalt, uh, which are two policing jurisdictions, is that, uh, you know, there's so much community and, and a real family feel, yeah. uh, whether it's Car Free Day or whether it's all the different festivals and parades and celebrations that we have um so much to celebrate our our ethnic diversity that we have in our region yeah. uh and and i think that's what brings people out uh that's what connects us uh and that's why we want to move to these locations yeah speaking of ethnic diversity diversity i'll never forget so we were you and i were together at the threshold the housing event uh at bastion square around christmas time and both of us said merry christmas because you know what it's christmas time you know our ethnic backgrounds are different um, you know, what's with that whole, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, politically uh, correct uh, greeting? You know, hey, it's Christmas time. Yeah. Uh, so I'm with you, Tony, on this. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I uh, my parents are born in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm born here, so I'm, I'm Canadian. Uh, but I am respectful of all holidays. And mm-hmm. when it's Christmas time, I know people really kind of are sensitive to, well, it's happy holidays and yeah. season's greetings and yeah. and they just don't want to say, but at the end of the day, uh, it is Christmas yep. and we shouldn't be ashamed to, to recognize Christmas or any other religious holiday that any other group wants to celebrate. And, and by the way, when people say happy Hanukkah, it's happy Hanukkah, yeah. uh, you know, and that's what I think makes Canadians and Victorians um, who they are. And that's why I love being in this community. Well, and this is all about community. So, I mean, I've seen you do other things as well, too. We, um, uh, the opening of the iClub uh, sail pass, you're on the boat, uh, you know, saluting everyone. Um, I mean, that's, it's, it's just, it's, it's part of being, um, it's part of your role in the community is yeah, being there. Yeah. I, and, I, and I love what I do. Uh, like I say, there's not a day that goes by and I literally mean not a day that goes by that when I'm putting the uniform on or I think about the responsibility that I have, that I don't love what I do. Uh, I am connected to this community. I, you know, I see myself as a community leader and I want to be out in our community. I want to celebrate what the men and women of our police organization are doing. Uh, and, and I think I need to have an external face where I am engaged in the community, attending many, many events. I I was just, um, uh, last week, uh, I was uh, at uh, Black History Month. So yeah. February is Black History Month. Uh, so the uh, African and Caribbean Cultural Society uh, have invited me to a number of events that they have. They've got, you know, and there's so much rich diversity to celebrate with our black Canadians. And uh, and, and I think as a police chief, uh, I want to be engaged and I want to learn and I want to grow and I want to make sure that they know that the Victoria Police is there to serve all communities, including their community. Wow. And that's what we are. I mean, we're, we're a community of a whole bunch of cultures and that's one of the neatest things, uh, the neatest things about, about here, about our little town. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, we're here with uh, Chief uh, Del Manic talking about um, Victoria Police. You oversee, is it like 240 uh, police officers? Yeah, right? uh, 249 okay. uh, at, the, at the moment and uh, 
about 80 civilians on top of that. Yeah. So where does that place Victoria as far as the size of a force is concerned? We're still a small, I mean, the city of Victoria is still a small uh, uh, town, right? Yeah. So we're we're considered a mid-sized police organization uh, if you look uh, throughout the province and, and across Canada. So if you look at Vancouver Island, uh, the Victoria Police Department at a sworn uh, strength of 249 police officers is the largest police agency on the on Vancouver Island. Yeah. Uh, if you look at across the province of British Columbia, we are the second largest municipal police agency, Vancouver Police being the largest, yeah. uh, and Victoria being the second largest in the province. Fantastic. Well, listen, we need to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with the chief of Victoria Police Department, Del Manick, back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor with Westland Insurance, operating as Island Savings Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Shoreline Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, feel free to give any of our home show, home, whole home show team members a call. They would be happy to help you. Uh, one of the neat things about having our support uh, from our sponsors is being able to bring on wonderful guests. And we are thrilled again to have with us the chief of, of Victoria, Police Department, Adele Manick. Uh, thanks again for coming to the, to the oh, uh, station. Uh, thanks for having me on, Tony. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about community and how important community is. Uh, we also touched on, you know, people's concerns because one of the things that people want to know when they're moving into a new community is how safe is it? And I, I, I guess what we sort of talked about before the break was it can, you, we can never say that a community is perfect and everything is great. There's a reason why the police force is is there. Right. right? Yeah, and, and we're also there for crime prevention, and we're also there to uh, make sure that uh, people feel safe in their neighborhoods. Uh, but I agree with you that uh, certain communities are perhaps going to have uh, higher levels of crime than other communities. I mean, well, welcome to the world, and that's just the way it is. Um, but we do have actually a tool mm-hmm. uh, where... Uh, if you're looking at buying property in uh, in Victoria or Victoria Police's jurisdiction, yep. we actually have a tool on our website, and it's called Crime Reports. And so if you go on to vicpd.ca, uh, it's quite easy to look under the Services tab and click on uh, Crime Reports. And on there, you, know, you just have to accept the terms and conditions, but you have an opportunity there to enter in a date range, you can select what type of offenses, could be violent crime, property offenses, and you can literally zoom in to a neighborhood where you may be thinking of buying or purchasing property mm-hmm. and, and look at and see what's happened within whatever parameters that you set. Um, and so, you know, it's anonymized for, for uh, valid reasons yeah. to a certain point, but it'll give you an idea of whatever neighborhood that you're looking for as to what level of uh, criminal activity or, or, or a nuisance calls are happening in that particular neighborhood. That is fantastic. So uh, I've been on the site. Uh, it is it is great. Uh, it's something that people, I, I guess, have uh, consumers have often wondered is, would I ever get information from a police department because of privacy or, or all that kind of stuff? I mean, like you said, the information is, uh, I mean, 
sometimes they're open files, so obviously you can't have details and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, there's there's some files that are sensitive, uh, like if the police are investigating a, a sexual assault uh, oh. or um, a, a major um, incident that maybe perhaps it can't be anonymized to the point where neighbors might be able to find out what actually happened by waiting a week and, and logging on. So we, we're very, very um, careful to make sure that it's anonymized to the point where we meet all the privacy legislation. Yeah. Um, but we also know that our community wants to know yeah. what's happening in their neighborhood or, uh, you know, if somebody is looking again at moving into a particular neighborhood, uh, what perhaps uh, can they can expect. And, and I think it's important for people to do their homework. And, yeah. and, and again, we have these tools available for the public because they've asked us yeah. that we would really like access to data, open data that the police feel comfortable in sharing that keeps us informed as to what's happening in our community. It's transparency. Exactly. Yeah. So vicpd.ca uh, under crime reports. Yes. Yeah. Under under the tab services. Okay. And then you'll see the tab uh, underneath that that says crime reports. Oh, that is that is just amazing. Yeah. Um, now, in Victoria, of course, uh, you know, one of the questions that comes up, too, is the, the policing in different areas. Because, of course, so we've got Victoria and Esquimalt, uh, and then, of course, there's Saanich. Every once in a while, people come up with the question of, well, you know, what happens when one of your officers sees something happening across the street from the other municipality? Like, what what happens? Right. That that, that happens regularly yeah. uh, because, of course, uh, criminals and incidents will cross borders. Yes. Uh, and, and so we have these artificial borders that we have. Yeah. Um, and uh, so as uh, police officers, we're able to interdict and, and to investigate. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, a real good example is impaired driver. Uh, where somebody is following an impaired driver, well, that impaired driver, uh, by the time the police actually respond or are able to catch up to where this individual may be driving, uh, could go through two or three different police jurisdictions. And so now that we have a regional communication center, uh, you know, at least the call doesn't have to get transferred from communication center to communication center. But we have uh, ability to coordinate our resources to make sure that the police of jurisdiction of wherever the offense is occurring or wherever it concludes Mm -hmm. assumes the primary responsibility. And because it's a small region, we all work very well together. Uh, All the chiefs. You all know each other. We all know each other. I mean, as, as police chiefs, we meet monthly, we have integrated units, uh, the officers know each other, and we're very well integrated to provide as best of a service as we can. Maybe not as if we were a regional police force in, the, in this area. However, we do well given the different organizations that we have in working together. Yeah. So, so the, the regional communication system, I mean, that was a big deal because uh, many years ago that this was an area of weakness. Yeah, right? it's, a, it's a step in the right direction. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little unfortunate that we've had some struggles out of the gate. Uh, I, you know, I can share with you and, and, and your listeners will know this, that, uh, you know, Victoria Police and other police agencies transitioned about a year ago yeah. uh, to ECOM. Uh, so emergency communications. And uh, and this center is a regional center, which really uh, provides excellence. It provides uh, redundancy, and it provides a state-of-the-art building with professional uh, staff. However, the challenges that we have seen and we're working towards them is that there's been significant delays at times on the non-emergency. So not on the 911 calls, mm-hmm. but where somebody is calling for something that's occurred and, and, and the police are to respond. Uh, we've had complaints of people waiting sometimes upwards of 15, 20, even 30, 35 minutes on hold. Okay. And that can be terribly frustrating. Yeah. 
So what? So what can be done to, to, to solve that? Well, we're working with ecom on that. Yeah. Uh, we wish the uh, solutions would have been much faster because we're almost seeing it a year into it. Um, but they've tried to uh, increase uh, hiring. Uh, they've had, they had a transition where they really started off with not as many staff as they would have liked. So they were behind the eight ball just to kind of yeah. get going. Yeah. Um, and but it's but it's an area that it's I know te- that teething pains of a new. Well, system. It, it is. It yeah. is. I just wished it would have been dealt with sooner because I know this impacts our public every single day. And what I, what I want to encourage your listeners mm. is please, if there's a police incident that's going on or you feel that the police ought to be aware of something that's happened or you've witnessed something, please call us. We want to hear from you. And I'm just apologize to you in advance if there are some delays and I'm hoping we're rectifying them sooner than later. Yeah. And actually, I'm glad you bring this up, too, because it's a question I wanted to ask you. You know, sometimes when people see something or something doesn't feel right, there's always that sort of uh, delay of, oh, should I call the police? I don't want to bother them, whatever. Like one, how how can people determine if it's worthy of making a call? Sure. Uh, People are smart. Uh, We know that when you see something that doesn't quite fit, doesn't matter where it is, could be while you're working, could be at your home. Um, You know, one great thing is, you know, we encourage people to step outside, you know, and get to know your neighbor, get to know uh, the people that are around in your community and in your neighborhood and, uh, and, and share information, build that trust, build that communication. I mean, that's why programs like Blockwatch oh, yeah. are so successful yeah, yeah. because it actually gets neighbors communicating with one another. And it's not just sometimes meeting at a barbecue or holding a neighborhood function. A lot of times now we're connected through social media, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, sites like Facebook or whatnot. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, if you see something that doesn't quite fit, Phone the police. Let us decide whether we feel we should be deploying a a, a car to that or investigating it. Or it just, you know, somebody might have jumped a fence and might be going through your yard or somebody's dumped a a bike that maybe doesn't belong to you and you don't know why it's there. It could be related to something that the police are already investigating. And so it just, it's one more piece of the puzzle that we may be looking for. So calling us. Uh, is is the best advice that I could give. Okay, and that answers the question because, like I said, a lot of times people are like, I don't want to bother the police. You know, it seems like a hassle or whatever. Uh, but uh, uh, message loud and clear here. So basically, uh, call, and then you guys figure it out. Right, exactly. And and now we have also online reporting. So we might recommend to you, do you have access to a computer? How computer savvy are you? Could you just go online and would you be able to report it uh, so that we don't have to send an officer, but an officer uh, you know, can can look at this at a later date and investigate it and put the pieces together. So, um, but, but I think that um, uh, making sure that we're, we're in this together, uh, it's, you know, the police need the community to help us solve crime, uh, to help us uh, give intelligence and to share information so we can keep all our communities safe. Uh, there, our communities are a part of that. So I would encourage them to call. Fantastic. We have uh, Chief Del Manick here talking about policing in Victoria. We need to take another break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking today about policing in the city of Victoria. We have with us the chief of the Victoria Police Department, Del Manick. Uh, again, thanks for coming, chief. Oh, thanks for having me on, Tony. Hey, Tony, I wanted to just give you a bit of a shout-out. Uh, 
you know, I listen to your show regularly on the weekend, and uh, I also wanted to say, I also see you at a number of community events, and and I know that you are committed to community, and you're a part of this community, and, and I appreciate all the work that you do as a community leader, and I think it's important that you get a shout-out, because I think you are quite... Uh, you know, complimentary to others, guests that come on, but I think you also deserve a bit of the credit for what you do. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I mean, just like you, I love the community. Yeah. You know, uh, whether whether we're from here or not, I mean, we got a lot of people who are not uh, local Victorians who are very active out there in the community. Um, it's kind of, it's it's part of our responsibility. Exactly. It's giving right. back. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I um, I spent some time as the co-chair of the Greater Victoria Coalition and Homelessness. Um, I uh, I followed uh, Ted Hughes, who we lost uh, just a little while ago, uh, who was uh, amazing. So some of my experience uh, with Victoria and Vic PD is the work that you guys do out there in the in the homeless sector and taking care of you know your teams, taking care of what's out there. This is this is an issue that you know again people bring up on a regular basis when they when they see Victoria. Right? Yeah, it is, and thanks for bringing it up. It's um, I can tell you that um, we're part of the continuum of care for individuals. Uh, We're not experts. I've never said that the police officers are mental health professionals or experts, but what we do is uh, we have the ability to connect people to those experts. So having uh, the multidisciplinary teams that uh, are commonly referred to as ACT, so that's the Assertive Community Treatment Team. Uh, So we have nurses, psychologists, doctors, social workers, police as part of these uh, part of these multidisciplinary teams with experts. So it allow they really these teams allow us to intervene early, uh, make sure that people are supported and connected to whatever services that they need. And, And these are people with severe and persistent mental illness mm-hmm. and and it's an it's an area uh that is uh growing it's unfortunate and there are people that are falling through the cracks so we really are trying to take a person-centered approach uh, making sure that we surround care around individuals who need the greatest help in our community and and the goal is prevention before they have a major mental health crisis mm-hmm. sometimes in a public place which then risks their safety or safety of, of the rest of others yeah. yeah and this is so important uh, for people to know too mental health and addictions uh, uh play such a role here it's not that people are necessarily wanting to live hard on the streets out of choice no they, they don't and uh when we speak to them because we're on a first name basis with many of the individuals yeah. um you know uh their stories uh are you know, they just bring you to your knees. Uh, they really do. Uh, they're sad, uh, but they're, they need supports. And it's really important that as a community, we come together and we do what we can. And I can tell you that, you know, as police officers, we know the difference between who is vulnerable, marginalized and needs help versus criminals who prey on the most vulnerable uh, and that are victimizing our marginalized uh, individuals in our community. And so we are uh, very tough on those criminals who exploit the uh, marginalized um, community and are most vulnerable. Uh, And we are, we are very supportive and wanting to help those who need the help the most. You, I mean, you guys do so much work. It's a lot of hard work. Uh, It's been brought up many times before that, 
it seems like the services in in the city of Victoria uh, bear the brunt because this is not just a Victoria issue; it's a regional issue. You know, um, Saanich, of course, uh, you know, has homeless population. Everywhere has homeless populations, and yet the city of Victoria uh, does so much work, uh, so much work, because this is where it's most visible. It it is, and, you know, and I applaud council for this, because council has really done a good job of stepping up and supporting, uh, whether it's through transitional housing, low-barrier housing, uh, supporting applications for supervised consumption uh, site and services, Mm -hmm. uh, and providing a lot of the services uh, that attract many of the people, the services that are required in our community. The challenge, though, is that the city of Victoria has done the heavy lifting yeah. uh, for the region. So what that does also is that also brings crime and, and disorder and some social issues that accompany that. And uh, and what that does, though, is that because there's a higher concentration in the city of Victoria, then the policing services are required at probably more of a, a higher level and a higher concentration than in other areas. So what, what I would like to see is really a more of a regional approach approach and services offered for in all communities uh, yeah. to make sure that we're all doing our part. I think that's an important um, important distinction that yeah, needs to be Yeah, because people forget. Pe- people think that it's just it's it's uh, localized to the city of Victoria when in fact it's not. No, it's not. No. It's not. And and there's more people if we really uh, you know pick our head up and look around, uh, there's more people that are struggling uh, than we care to admit and it's really important that as a community we come together mm-hmm. to support everyone because if we do that, uh, the the job is a lot easier, and we're healthier uh, as a as a whole, as a whole community. Yeah, you know, when the Greater Victoria Coalition, Coalition to End Homelessness was uh, started uh, by past uh, Mayor Alan Lowe, uh, and um, again Ted Hughes was the first uh, co-chair there. Uh, the idea was to end homelessness by 2018. Right, and here we are, two years later, and you know, it's just something that that. Uh, you know, we it, it we need to deal with, and it's still there, sadly. Yeah, I, I think we're we're trying though. Like I do see some, you know, since I've been the chief, and I'm I'm a little bit more connected to what's going on with our, with our agencies at, at Island Health, at BC Housing, uh, with government, both at the provincial level and at the municipal level, and I am seeing some traction. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to take time to get there because we all need to work together on these things. Uh, but I'm actually seeing uh, that. Uh, our organizations are committed to doing the best we can and to putting time, money, and resources into helping our most vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, what do you love most about uh, Victoria? Well, I love the people. Yeah. Um, I, um, I Again, I've seen this city transform uh, over, over the years as I've grown up. Um, I owe so much uh, to this community. Um, I, I love the people. I love how generous we are. I love how we come together uh, in times of crisis. Uh, there can be a real uh, negative event that happens across the world. You know, it could be a, an, an attack at a mosque. It could be a synagogue. It could be anything that happens. Uh, and, and I find that um, as a community, we are very generous. We come together. Yeah. We support one another. Um, and, and that to me is just the spirit of Victoria and what this community is all about. And I will tell you, I walk the beat on a regular basis, especially in the summer months when I want to get out and I want to meet people. I talk to people from all over the world, Mm -hmm. people that are here visiting Victoria because they've heard about it. They want to be here and they can't say, great more great things about victoria like and and they're coming from many many other destinations that people are traveling to from here so it's nice to hear that and we have a a gem of a city and great people that sometimes we forget what we have because it's in our own it's true we take it for granted right and we're uh, um all we need to do is go visit other towns 
you know, to get a sense and feel of what it's like there. And coming back to Victoria, I, you're probably the same way. Every time I come back to Victoria from some other place, man, it's a great place to, to be coming. Yeah, I, I agree. And then even across the country, you know, there's people moving uh, all over, uh, usually for their mild climate and, and, and uh, what Victoria and this region has to offer. Uh, and they're doing it for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a reason for that. And, and again, I'm just so glad I've had the privilege to have grown up in this community and um, and again I can't thank our community enough for what they do every single day to make sure that we are vibrant sharing caring and and making sure that we have that love and support for one another we're here talking with uh, Chief Adele Manick from the Victoria Police Force Police uh, um, Department Um, let's talk about safety for a quick moment here um, what are some things that residents should know about staying safe? Sure. Uh, so the first thing, thing that we uh, talk about on a regular basis, again, is that, you know, the police can't do everything for everyone. Take, a, take some personal responsibility, and it doesn't take much. Be aware of your surroundings, right? If you're, if you're riding a bike, make sure you lock up your bike. Yeah. You know, make sure uh, you're home you, you, when, you're, when you're out gardening. As the weather is starting to get nice now, you know, more and more people are going to be going out in their yard and, and, uh, and doing gardening. But, you know, just don't just leave your back door unlocked and then slowly work your way to the front yard. And, and now, you know, you've, you've got an unlocked door um, in your vehicle. When you're out, do not leave any valuables that are visible, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of the time of day and regardless of, the, of, um, of what location or where you're at in Greater Victoria. Yeah, your best neighborhoods get hit. Exactly. Yeah. You're just inviting people, even loose change yeah. uh, in your cup holder uh, could be enough for somebody to try to break into your car. So, so a lot of this is common sense, uh, you know, on online, changing passwords, uh, making sure that your passwords are secure enough, um, uh, making sure that uh, you're uh, watching your credit cards and so there's not identity theft. So there's many, many aspects that I think people can be safe drinking and driving, mm-hmm. have a plan. Do not drink and drive. You know, do not consume cannabis and drive. Uh, all of these things are common sense, but they just require us to do a little bit extra and to be a little bit more vigilant to make sure that we're not becoming a victim of crime. Actually, as you bring that, as you bring up cannabis too, how have things been now with legalization? Like. Uh how, what changes have you seen? So, while well, the changes are that uh, we're seeing a, an increase in cannabis impaired driving, uh, so we have we have seen that, okay. um, and we're um, we're seeing responsible use use at least. Uh, we haven't seen it impact youth. There was a concern that whether youth youth would access. Uh, cannabis, and uh, and of course we're trying to keep it out of the hands of youth for, for all the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but but overall, uh, it, there, it's the jury is still out. Uh, there um, there there still are some illegal storefronts that continue to operate yeah. that are supplied through organized crime. And I know that government's intention is to uh, make sure that those storefronts are shut down, and then so that it's a legally produced supply. Uh, that's, control. Uh, that's con- it's a controlled supply. Yeah. And, and uh, so I think that's good. And, and, but again, it's something that we're working with government regularly on and they, they've actually are doing a good job with a regulatory process of approving businesses to have cannabis licenses and whatnot. Now, and how about the criminal element? I mean, that's probably a harder one to kind of determine. Yeah. The, the, the criminal element, uh, there's lots of money to be made on the black market. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, are still active. Uh, in producing uh, and cultivation and in distribution of uh, of illegal cannabis mm. uh, to many of the storefronts and whatnot, so so we knew that the black market wouldn't go away. I mean, the goal is to to reduce their the demand on the black market if it's available legally, and and it again, it's a work in progress. Yeah. 
My goodness. So, what does Victoria uh, look like to you in uh, in the future? Well, from, I, the, from the policing side of things. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I, I know that, and this is something that you know I talk to council about regularly, and I know our police board supports it. As our community is growing and expanding, and there's more densification, I think it's excellent. I, I think it's uh, the newer Victoria of what people would like to see from this city. Uh, but with it, we have to continue to grow our police organization because our demands are also getting more and more. You can't just introduce more people into a smaller space and, and expect to use the same amount of resources to get the job done. So um, I, I see us uh, as a safe, vibrant community, and I'm hopeful that councils will support the growth of the police in line with the growth that we're seeing in our communities in, in many, many areas. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Oh, Chief uh, Dell, thank you very much for coming on the show here. Uh, you guys do such great work. Uh, we're very, we're, we're fortunate to have a police department like uh, Victoria uh, and all the stuff that you do here, um, uh, carrying all the weight. No, I, I thank you for, for that, Tony. And, and I want to just thank the men and women uh, of our police organization for the tremendous work that they do. Uh, it can be a thankless job at times, and they do a phenomenal job uh, with kindness and with caring and with respect. I agree. Keep up the good work, Chief. Thank you. Great. And to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.